Well, good morning. This is Father John with the Hope on the Way podcast. And once again, we're with my good friend and fellow priest, Father David Hess, who lives in the heart of sunny Southern California and does various ministries, house church planting, as well as itinerant ministry here in the United States and abroad. We're continuing our discussion about biblical prophecy in times events, and today we're continuing this discussion with the phenomenon of UFO craft, alien abductions, and the Bible. And I want to first say that we don't know what we don't know. So much of what we're going to do is speculate, but we will try to do so within the context of what has happened, what the Bible predicts, and what we see happening today. I also want to make it clear to those of you who are listening or watching to this podcast on Spotify that our purpose is really twofold. Is One is to help prepare you for the end times deception. And if it is indeed the end times deception is this UFO phenomenon, then we want to make sure that you have the worldview that's going to help you and strengthen you, especially in light of possible revelations by the United States government that they are in possession of alien craft, alien bodies, and have been in contact with alien civilizations. If this is true, we want to give you a biblical worldview that maybe you've never heard about or considered that's going to prepare you for what Father Dave and I regard as a definite satanic end times deception. And second, we want to help prepare you uh, for those of you, we want to minister to those of you who have had abduction experiences. There are so many people, even in the life of the church, who have reported this, and over the years, they've just learned to be quiet about it because no one believes them. If that's you, if you've tried to share this with a, a faith leader, with someone in your church, and you just get a wild look back like, hey, you're kind of crazy. What is this all about? We want to try to help you, let you know that we don't disbelieve you, we're inclined to believe you, and we want to share some resources with you. So with that, I want to introduce Father David Hess. And David, for those who haven't seen the podcast yet, just introduce yourself and a little bit about you. Yeah, we um, we live in, uh, my wife and I and our two adult kids um, who are both married, uh, we all live in Southern California. And um, we have, uh, we had lived overseas. I um, was sent um, as a missionary priest um, back in 1999. We had been there some years before that, but I was, you know, ordained and sent out as a missionary priest in 1999. We were 30 years in the Middle East and uh, are now ministering here in the United States. Um, just, um, I, I just want to clarify two things based on what you just said on that introduction, because I think it's um, I think it's important that um, when we talk about aliens or or crafts or whatever, um, all Orthodox Bible believing Christians are in agreement that this these phenomena are this phenomenon is demonic. It's not. There are people out there that actually believe. Oh, maybe God created life on another planet and they've just kind of made their way to visit us and we're going to become friends and there you know i mean there 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 are people out there that are actually getting deceived into that camp i mean people that profess to be christians um but all of this phenomenon is from a demonic origin and and so i think that's that that we just got to be clear about that and and the way that we know that the way that we know that this phenomenon is demonic i mean you know angels righteous angels 
can visit us with messages, but they're not going to come with another narrative denying the Christian faith, um, giving us alternative worldviews, right? So that is why we can discern that all of this stuff is demonic, because it violates truth and it violates scriptural principles, you know, from A to Z. So, and the second thing is, you know, you you'd mentioned alien abduction phenomenon, but that's only really a modern category kind of classification of these experiences. But when we roll back before, you know, a hundred years ago, um, go back into, you know, previous centuries, we're talking about night terrors, sleep paralysis, um, encounters that people have with so-called um, sexual spirits. Um, these these phenomena are ex are extremely common. Um, whether or not somebody believes they've had some kind of an abduction experience is more and more common today. But those other types of phenomena are very, very common throughout, you know, throughout history. So um, pastorally, um, when we're talking about people that have had traumatic experiences, terrorizing experiences, um, those are the people as well we want to minister to. Anyway, so I would just uh, give those two comments. Um, all right. All right, folks, we're heading into it. Alien abduction, UFO craft, and the Bible. And today we just want to review from past discussions we've had is that in the last month, we have received bombshell news reports. And again, we could speculate whether this is something that's just slipped out of the US government, or this is something that is maybe more premeditated that the United States government is preparing to uh, drop a bombshell on the American public. But whatever it is, a former intelligence official named David Grush who led analysis of an unexplained anomalous phenomenon called UAPs, also known as UFOs. He worked within the Defense Department, and he has alleged that the United States has craft and bodies of non-human origin. And this guy has a, from what I can tell, a stellar record of service in the United States military, and the United States intelligence agencies. I admit when I first heard this, I was deeply suspicious about it, but within a couple of weeks, a, a familiar and credible journalist, Michael Schellenberger, who writes for uh, Substack, on Substack, in a, a blog called, or a journalistic site called Public, He's reported that Grush's claims are true and he independently verified them. So this is this is something that if it is indeed true, the United States has 12 craft of non-human origin, also bodies of non-human origin, and also it seems like every couple of days more bombshells are dropped where, where we're hearing that other journalists are confirming through independent sources that there are even diplomatic relations with non-human civilizations. And if this is true, uh, bombshells will be dropped, people's worldviews will be shaken, and the church has to prepare for this. Again, Father Dave and I are the first ones to say we don't know what we don't know. We're, we, we have to see if this indeed is confirmed. But if it is, what does it mean? And we're going to wander more into the weeds of this area today. And we want to begin with the alien abduction phenomenon. And from there, we're going to talk about alien craft and vehicles. But there are so many who are reporting, as Father Dave pointed out, abduction experiences or, or disturbances that happen at night. And some of these things even happen during the day. And we, 
we want to delve a little bit further into this phenomenon. Now, this isn't anything new. It's like, oh, all of a sudden UFO stuff is happening. I mean, we can go back to uh, very early Hollywood where flying saucers, extraterrestrials, Buck Rogers, science fiction just became a huge popular genre. And, and in the 60s and 70s, um, this kind of thing came to a head with this abduction phenomenon uh, a, a Christian apologetic uh, minister. He's also a, a secular astrophysicist named Hugh Ross, founded an organization called Reasons to Believe. And uh, over 20 years ago at Azusa Pacific College, a Christian college in the Los Angeles area, Ross gave a presentation on the UFO phenomenon. Now, Ross brought out some insightful research that, as Father Dave said, tended to confirm that this UFO phenomenon was of demonic satanic origin, especially the alien abduction phenomenon that Ross said was occurring. And his, his thesis was that the abduction phenomenon occurred in the unconscious spiritual realm. It was happening in people's minds during the night, during their sleeps, or, or perhaps even when they were rendered unconscious during the daytime. Ross rightly discerned that these UFO encounters, these alien abductions, these alien encounters were messaged with identical things that have been said by mediums and mystics, universalist and new age folks through <laughs> for a long time. They also uh, found in the research that these victims sometimes and oftentimes suffer symptoms like those who were demonically oppressed. Now, again, Ross's thesis was that the laws of science precluded it from being aliens, and Father Dave and I would agree with that, that these are not aliens. These are of satanic origin, most of them, most of them. Maybe there are some exceptions with some some encounters, but the uh, that the new agey ones, um, the dark encounters are definitely satanic. But again, Ross said that this was a spiritual issue. That at that time, no crafts or bodies had been found, which would verify that this is a completely spiritual issue that's going on in the lives of people. It's happening while they're rendered unconscious, and it takes place in the spiritual realm. Now, moving yeah, into our next... Can I just, yes. let me just say this about Dr. Ross? I, I, think, I think Dr. Ross's position would be, as well, that no craft or bodies ever will be found because he has the, all of this phenomenon in a purely supernatural, paranormal, ethereal realm you know so um that's again why i think it's important that we talk about something like this today because or in this hour because um there are a lot of christians that have spoken into this field and into this phenomenon that do not currently have a grid for what would happen if they did have actual craft um and actual bodies so anyway continue on so Again, if indeed we are going to discover within the next six months to a year, and maybe even sooner, a confirmation that the government has alien craft, alien bodies, and possibly even diplomatic relations with aliens culture, <clears throat> excuse me, could there be a physical reality to the UFO phenomenon and still be of satanic origin? So along with the spiritual reality to the abduction phenomenon, we know there's a spiritual reality here. We've already said again and again, it's satanic. Could there also be a corporeal, a bodily reality to the UFO and alien abduction phenomenon? And now we're proceeding to our next slide is that we want to look at some passages of scripture that deal with 
the possibility that there's a corporeal reality to the UFO phenomenon. The first question we have to ask, does the Bible indicate that angels manifest in bodies? And the answer is absolutely. Angels manifest in bodies. Now, if God's angels manifest in bodies, I think we can rightly assume that the disloyal angels, those which we call fallen angels, are also able to manifest in bodies. Let's look at some of these scriptures, and then we'll have Father uh, Dave interact with each scripture that we read. Beginning in Genesis 6-1, when man began to multiply on the face of the land, and the daughters and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, and many of not now even more scholars believe the sons of God are indeed angels, saw that the daughters of men were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. So the sons of God, angels, uh, took upon themselves the daughters of men. Father Dave. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously this is the key text that would talk about the sons of God who had been loyal, and in what they did there in Genesis 6 was their great rebellion. Again, it's got to get into the, into the kind of Second Temple Jewish literature that, that talks at length, you know, the Book of Enoch and um, other, other literature of the time that talks about what, what happened here. Um, these, the, the story goes that there were 200 of them and that they came down. And so what we have is we have a very physical interaction. We have them lusting after human females, and we have uh, marriage taking place and procreation. And of course, what we also have is we have an explosion of wickedness and evil on the planet. Um, I don't know um, if, if I've made this point to you before, uh, Bishop John, but you know, in Second Temple Jewish thought, um, the fall of Adam was maybe where man's relationship with God was, was severed. But in terms of the proliferation of corruption, evil, and perversity on the planet, Second Temple Jewish thought and, and really even, you know, ancient Jewish thinking was that what happened in Genesis 6 is the reason the world is so screwed up in terms of the wickedness, the evil, the perversion in all of its manifestations, violence, sexual perversion, um, all of it. So it's, it's a very, very key passage, which I think a lot of Christians really don't, um, they, they're just in unbelief over this passage. They don't believe what it says, the book of Jude, um, Peter writes in, in his epistle as well, references this, this angelic fall that we have here, which was very physical, and it had physical ramifications on the planet. So and just so our listeners can be updated, again, uh, those of you hearing this, you come from very evangelical backgrounds, you might be thinking, this is just crazy town stuff, these, these priests um, are not biblical evangelical guys, but I want to assure you we, we are, and we're not saying anything that hasn't been said in evangelical circles, uh, evangelical Bible schools, evangelical seminaries. There's uh, a theologian who has popularized this view, not invented it, but popularized it to uh, more of a mass audience in the evangelical culture, culture named Dr. Michael Heiser, who's gone to be with the Lord. He wrote a book for popular consumption called Supernatural, and another one for, it's a little bit more scholarly, is The Unseen Realm that talks about this. And, and the Old Testament seems to indicate, as well as confirmed in the New Testament, that there perhaps wasn't just one angelic fall, but there may have been more than one throughout there yeah i mean clearly there clearly i think there were multiple angelic falls and um obviously the bible is a book that god you know had revealed to mankind for our relationship with him so yeah we we get glimpses of some of these other dynamics and how they affect us but i should say this about genesis 6 
you know, it is a Christian tradition, and I'm just going to say that it is a tradition that this passage is not referring to angels, and that tradition was popularized by the great St. Augustine, and it was taken over by the Reformers, and the rest is history. That's why many people, uh, you know, um, I, I studied in four different seminaries, and nobody taught me the, the apostolic early Christian and intertestamental Jewish view that Genesis 6 was referring to angelic beings that that manifested on the planet physically and had offspring with human women and the, and and we know this even biblically if you want if we want to be really you know biblically accurate this term sons of god in the old testament exclusively is referring to angelic heavenly beings some new testament scholars will say yeah but in the new testament we're called the sons of god yes we were born again and we were brought into that man you know that that designation for us is a post um you know resurrection post um you know atoning work of jesus manifestation the, the sons of god is only referring to angels in paul, the old testament paul says we so, are all children of god who are in christ jesus yeah now moving on to more bodily manifestations of angels i'm going to read genesis 18 and genesis 19 and then we'll have father dave comment and then we'll move into a couple of new testament passages in genesis 18 1 it says the lord appeared to him by the oaks of mamre or mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day and we're talking abraham here he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran to the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. And so um, we call this appearance of the Lord in human form with two angels, we call the appearance of the Lord a theophany. In Genesis 19.1, the story continues that two angels came to saw Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. So these were angels, as well as the theophany of the Lord, manifesting in bodily form. Yeah, and of course, if we take, I know you don't have it referenced here, but if we take the passages that refer, you know, and there's two passages, Isaiah and Ezekiel, but the one in Ezekiel in particular referencing, it says you were in a, speaking of, of, you know, Satan, you know, said that he was an anointed cherub in the garden, in Eden, you were in Eden. Um, and so we have this interaction between the angelic and humans is very physical um, when we read it, you know, when we read it carefully. So, um, and these passages and every other passage that that refers to angels um, manifesting in, in, in the Old Testament. Um, now, of course, at Jesus's birth, you had, you know, you had the host of heaven that appeared in the sky, right, to, to the shepherds. That's more of, okay, I like that angelic manifestation. It's the one where they come and they're manifesting in human flesh on the planet and eating and, and drinking and, you know, interacting with humans that we, we, we begin to struggle a little bit um, with our concept of what is an angel. Now, moving into the New Testament, in Mark 16, the post-resurrection event describes Mary Magdalene entering the tomb with some other women, and they saw a young man sitting on the right side dressed in a white robe. And the other gospel passages clearly indicate that there was not only this young man, but there were at least two angels and they were indeed angels, but the appearance was that of a young man dressed in a brilliant white robe. In Hebrews 13, 2, the author of this uh, epistle says that we're not to neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some of you have entertained angels unawares. 
And again, uh, if you were unaware it was an angel, it was because they were in bodily form. And again, we could continue to uh, exposit and exegete more passages of scripture, but angels do appear in bodily form. And we can safely assume if loyal, godly angels can appear this way, then it's not beyond the realm of logic and theology to assume, and also early, early church history, that fallen angels can assume these bodily forms as well. Now, going into the craft phenomenon, again, we're going to get a little deeper in our dive here, and we're going to take you a little further to the weeds, but by the end of this, we will promise to take you out again. We don't know what we don't know. We're in the realm of speculation, but the reason we're speculating is not to be sensational, but to help give you a worldview to prepare you, a biblical worldview, for what may indeed be happening, because many of you only have a spiritual worldview of this phenomena at best, that oh, all of this is just merely illusions and, and uh, uh, not, not concrete, not reality. Again, we have a picture here on this slide that a Navy pilot off the coast of Jacksonville, Florida on January 20th, 2015, tracked what looks like a flying top. It was tracked and videoed as a concrete, what I mean, a, a real object, <clears throat> excuse me, on military sensing equipment. So, there are other confirmed sightings, and we know there are other confirmed sightings through military imaging, sensing equipment that are still classified. So, you know, one, yeah, Bishop John, one, one that's quite famous is a video that was released again also in 2015, but it was um, back from um, a Navy, a naval pilot who filmed off the coast of California, off the USS Nimitz, was the name of the carrier that he was on. And so they call it the USS Nimitz. I think it's called the Tick Tock. Yes, the Tick Tock. Yeah. Um, and it was. I think it, it's the Tick Tack because it looked like that sorry, little piece of candy, the Tick Tack. Yeah. Tick Tack. And it was, um, it was released in 2015. However, it was filmed back in 2004. So clearly, I think, you know, in terms of motivation, you know, we have this whistleblower and we have the government making statements. I, I think I think that if the government could keep a lid on all of this stuff, they probably would. I think they're trying to get out in front of the fact that it is inevitable that there's just too much stuff that they can't keep a lid on anymore. Um, and so I think that that's what we're seeing is that government disclosure is going to be, you know, they're going to try to tweak the narrative so as to serve their purposes. And, but I, I just think it's probably that they can't control what they know is coming out, what people are willing to say. And, and even with some of the protections, I mean, the fact that this is the first time a whistleblower has had the protection um, of, of the U.S. government um, to be able to present what he knows and be protected. You know, he's not going to be suicided. He's not going to be Jeffrey Epstein, um, you know, or whatever. He's not going to be uh, Clinton, um, you know, and somehow, you know, mysteriously um, lose his life if he's a protected government whistleblower or or so he assumes. <laughs> so anyway, now, now, as we go to our next slide, those of you who come from more of what we would call uh, an evangelical fundamentalist tradition, and I don't mean that in the negative sense of the word, is I want to assure you that Father Dave and I are fully evangelical, fully biblical, fully orthodox. Hey, but I consider myself a fundamentalist. I mean, the word evangelical today is so watered down. It's so woke. People claim to be evangelical that are anything yeah, but the historical meaning. So I, I think um, when people hear what I believe, they they say, oh, you're just a fundamentalist. I said, I wear that badge with honor. I am committed to the fundamentals of the faith. Anyway, so we want to we want to find out what the Bible says. So where do these vehicles, these crafts, come from? Where do they go? And is there any any UAP UFO phenomenon in the Bible? And many many people 
believe there are. And I think once we look at the scriptures, we can say that there are UAP phenomenon. Now, what exactly they are, we can talk about that. But let's go ahead and explore some of these scriptures. Now, hold on to your seats here. When we typically think of angels, we think of teleportation, kind of like Star Trek. They beam in, they beam out. And I'm not saying they couldn't do that. I'm not saying that at times they do do that. Sometimes we think of these angels and we, well, they fly in and they fly out. And interesting, Father Dave, you brought up the uh, angelic visitation on the night of Christ's birth. Um, how they manifested in the sky, um, I don't think is really described in, in totality well, in that passage. of And it's not, and it doesn't say they had wings. That's right. a Christian tradition that we find that originated in about the year 200 with Tertullian that angels must have wings. Um, I mean, all angels must have wings. I mean, some some angelic creatures obviously are described, the throne guardians that are in the presence of God um, are described with having different wings and faces and all of that, you know, strange descriptions that we find in the scripture. But those wings that those angels or those angelic beings have um, are, are not for the purpose of flying. That's not what they're there for. Anyway, well, let's, let's go here. At times, let's just say at times, let's not say every time, but at times, could angels use vehicles in their manifestations? Another way to phrase this, could angels use craft? In the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, we see a reference to the chariots of Elohim. And those of you looking at the slide, I have Elohim as a small e rather than a capital because as father dave previously brought out in a, a past podcast is that elohim can refer to the singular as uh, almighty uncreated god or elohim can refer to angels or gods and uh, christ uses the term elohim to refer uh, referring to a passage in, a, in one of the psalms to refer to even humans um so the question is are these chariots of the Elohim, are they symbolic? Is it a symbolic description? Or is it a literal manifestation, a literal description? So when the authors of sacred scripture saw these chariots of the Elohim, did they appear to them only symbolically and they described it symbolically? Or were these literal manifestations they were describing? Now, those of you who consider yourself fundamentalists like Father Dave, is that the first place you'd probably want to go is to be a literal, a fundamentalistic understanding of these appearances. So let's read them, and we'll have Father Dave uh, comment. In Kings 2.11, the author says that as they still went on and talked, and we're talking about Elijah and Elisha, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And again, one more from 2 Kings 6.16. He said, do not be afraid, for those of you who are with us are more than those who are with them. And so this is Elisha with a young apprentice that's with them, and there's a siege going on by the army of, I think, Syria, I believe, and uh, his apprentice says, uh, we're going to get creamed, and Elisha says, no, it's not going to happen, because more of God's forces are with us than with them, and then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open the eyes of this young man that he may see, so the Lord Yahweh opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Father Dave. Yeah, well, I think, you know, um, as one, um, as one um, Christian teacher that was commenting on this, he said, you know, we're, we're talking about um, an Iron Age worldview. And you know, in an Iron Age worldview, these were chariots because that's what moved people for, you know, can, you know, chariots were connected to either horses or to some other beast of burden. And so 
in their concept, the only thing that these that these vehicles could be would be chariots. And so we don't, you know, the description here is that's their worldview. Today, we have different ideas of vehicles. We, we are no longer limited by a vehicle that has to be drawn by a beast of burden. You know, obviously, we can think of vehicles that are, you know, have engines. We can think of flying vehicles, you know, airplanes, helicopters, um, drones, whatever. So, but this word in 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 the Hebrew for chariots is 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 the word in Hebrew for vehicle for the purpose of transporting conveyance for moving from place to place, right? And that's what we see with these angelic. And you go the other passages you have as well that I read on to is that why is it you know it's it's it it kind of challenges our worldview, which is in many. Many times it's more influenced by Greek philosophy and even Gnostic thought that physicality or physical things need to be diminished. What really matters is the spiritual. And so we read these passages and we kind of read right over that. We don't realize, no, if 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 Elijah was being taken up just purely in the on a cloud or or without anything, then why is a vehicle mentioned here? Why is a chariot being mentioned here? So I think if we go back into the scriptures, we see that, okay, maybe there's something else going on here that we would that we missed because of the way we were reading the scriptures with a presupposition in a in a former worldview. So in, that's all in, I would say about these two passages. Yes, yes. In Isaiah 66, the I the prophet Isaiah speaks of the day of the Lord that will come and says, behold, the Lord Yahweh will come in fire and his chariots like the whirlwind to render his anger and fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. Again, one could say, well, that's just symbolic chariots stand for strength. But again, in Psalm 68, 17, it says that the chariots of God are twice 10,000, thousands upon thousands the Lord is among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. Now, the Hebrew word for God in Psalm 68, 17, the chariots of God, is the word Elohim. And in the Hebrew uh, text, the word Elohim is plural. And it could be understood, it could be, now again, it could be understood as being translated, the chariots of the Elohim are twice 10,000, thousands upon thousands, and the Lord God is among them. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to give you a biblical worldview. So if indeed it happens that the United States government comes out and says, yeah, we've got the craft and we've got the bodies, that it's not going to blow your current biblical worldview out of the water and to say, yeah, fallen angels as well as God's loyal angels can manifest this way and we could spend a lot of time on this podcast conjecturing about what these vehicles are why they use them let me just say this is that is that again Yahweh God the triune God Father Son and Holy Spirit is uncreated God he doesn't need a chariot to move around and if God so is inclined to have angels teleport in and out of places, amen. But in sacred scripture of the Old Testament, these Elohim, these sons of God, these loyal angels are cruising around in chariots. Now, if you want to understand them as completely symbolic and symbolic of strength, welcome to it. But if and when the United States government asserts that we have alien craft and bodies in their possession, be prepared to migrate to this worldview that this is indeed a satanic deception. Now, I think we've going to move on to the abduction phenomena and what's happening to those who are being abducted. But before we go there, Father Dave, could you just kind of summarize and wrap up the craft? phenomenon well i think i think that if we look back to the 
Enochian tradition, the book of Enoch, and what, what you know, Second Temple Jewish thinking was on this issue, the belief was that these angels that fell, these watchers as they're called, or these sons of God, Genesis 6, that they actually came with advanced technology, that they taught mankind things, they taught mankind weaponry, they 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 shared the secrets of heaven that in in terms of they shared stuff from their realm that they were not supposed to share in our realm and that was part of their sin and that was part of their judgment is that they not only uh, basically entered into ungodly uh, sexual relationships with human women but they also um imparted knowledge and advanced technology and 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 even astrology and sorcery and pharmaceutical medicine all of this was part of what they had done and so you, you fast forward to the the days that we're living in jesus said as it was in the days of noah so shall it be in the coming of the days of the son of man could it be that what we have here with this alien phenomenon, and now we're talking about craft, and we're talking about the U.S. government trying to reverse engineer minimally. The claim is that they're doing reverse engineering, trying to glean technological um, information from these craft that they have recovered. Um, more on a on a on a more conspiratorial side, there are those that would argue, like you had mentioned that the United States government is actually, or, or, or governments of the world are actually in communication with these other civilizations, so to speak, um, and that they are corresponding and interacting, maybe even getting information, right? This would be literally a redo of Genesis chapter six. Now I should say this though, they, Whatever the government is doing, they are deceived into thinking that these are advanced, evolved, you know, in a Darwinian sense, you know, a neo-Darwinian evolutionary concept that, oh, these are just advanced civilizations that are, you know, that are helping us out so that we have a tactical advantage over the Chinese or the Soviets or whoever else that they feel that, you know, they have to defend themselves against. But that would be the great deception is that these angels that are obviously fallen are convincing governments or the U.S. government that we're an advanced civilization. We want to help you out. and We have technology that we can share with you. That would be a part of, of, of the demonic deception. So if the U.S. government or any government is in communication with these entities, they are completely deceived. They are not interpreting it from a biblical worldview. They think that they are doing something that is to their advantage, and yet they are getting deeper and deeper in the deception. So anyway. We want to move on to the abduction phenomenon, and we are doing so out of a pastoral concern. We know, again, that there are people, even in the church, there are people who are not Christians, and they report this phenomenon, and no one believes them. Everybody says they're wacky, they're crazy, it's just going on in their head, or if they go to the church, the people are saying it's just merely demonic. So we just want to wander into the weeds a little deeper, and is it possible Asking the question, we don't know what we don't know, but is it possible that those who have been abducted were actually physically abducted and taken to these craft and these experiments, reportedly most of them having to do with sexual uh, genetic experimentations? And I'm going to just let Father Dave, go, and I, I want to keep this briefly. I don't want to go too deep here because I want to be conscious of our time. But let's talk about um, alien abduction and what we may be seeing on the horizon with transhumanism. But before we even begin this discussion, I want to say this. Is current 
medical advances and medical technological advances have great promise for helping alleviating the suffering of humanity. I want to say that. I don't want to be obscurantist about that. But on the other hand, this same technology could forge the way into what we would call the transhumanist movement, where people through advances in the evolution of this technology and maybe even being delivered through um, satanic fallen angels uh, cause people to become other than human. But go go for it, Father Dave, but let's keep it brief, please. Yeah. Well, I think I think the reason that we can say that all of the alien abduction phenomenon are demonic is because of the nature of the phenomenon, right? So what's happening to the people that experience abduction encounters? They are traumatized. They suffer great pain. Um, again, there's the sexual perversion side of it, that there's there's the um, human experiment experimentation, kind of scientific experimental side of it. And so there's nothing about these alien abduction phenomenon that is what we would consider good or positive or kingdom. You know, I, I was just at the largest UFO conference in the world, and many people there are seeking out alien abduction type of experiences. They want to contact, they want these experiences because somehow they've been convinced that, well, even if there might be some downsides or, or maybe there's some bad ones out there, by and large, these this is something positive and it will help us evolve and it will help me be, get to a higher consciousness, whatever. Um, and a lot of these people are actually looking for uh, perverse sexual experiences, which are very, very common with the alien abduction phenomenon. So that's how we know that that all of these, if 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 these were righteous angels that were coming to humans. Um, then it would be with kingdom values. It would be with kingdom truth. These alien abduction um, phenomenon, people are always being deceived. They lie about who Jesus is. They tell them that the nature of reality is anything but a biblical worldview. And so from A to Z, the alien phenomenon experiences that people are having um, are demonic. And they are deceptive, and they are painful, and they are traumatic. And, and we're going to, we're yeah. going to, for those of you who are listening, and I, I really feel the Lord will lead some of you here who have had these experiences. We're we're going to our very last thing we're going to do today yeah. is 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 try to pastorally help you and recommend ways that you can seek help and counsel and even uh, camaraderie with others. Who have had the same experience father dave just really quickly we touched on it on our last podcast but but again by way of speculation by way of remembering genesis 6 with the uh indeed assuming the nephilim were indeed hybrids of angels and humans is that what did what would such a movement in this day that these fallen angels masquerading as ets are trying to create a hybrid uh, humanity that to make us transhuman other than human. Yeah, and, and I think this is where we get into some speculation, because obviously some of the people that are looking at this phenomenon saying, okay, listen, if these, if these extraterrestrials or these aliens are already kind of doing a redo of Genesis chapter six, then why are the, why do we not see um, the offspring um, you know, because that is a belief that there are many people that are already hybrids um, because of these these alien abduction breeding program, whatever you want to call it. But we don't have giants manifesting on the earth. We don't have whatever between 15 and 30 foot um, giants like we know from from ancient history, from the time of the Nephilim, that these giants were huge um, when they grew to maturity. So we don't have that. So it, are they setting the stage, however, for there to be another one? And I think that's where the deception is. Is and one one research, Christian researcher in this in this area, his name's Guy Malone. He says, "I do not believe that 
there is currently a hybridization program that is going, as some alien believers say is happening, but he says, I believe that it will happen, that we will see a return of the Nephilim phenomenon before, um, you know, before Christ returns and the, you know, at around the time of the rise of the Antichrist. And so there, there are a lot of, there is a lot of things here that the church needs to be thinking about in terms of protecting itself from the deception that is clearly on the horizon. I think it's currently in action, but I think that we're just going to see, um, and the fact that most of the planet or many people believe in extraterrestrials now, the stage is set. People will welcome these things in and they will think, oh, our, you know, whatever. They'll think it's a positive thing. So um, I don't know if that summarizes it well. I should just I, say this. I should ahead. say this because I, I looked at and I listened to two of the leading Christian abduction. Um, they are abduction researchers. And they, they have both said that um, with clarity that if people call out on the name of Jesus and they live the life that God wants them to live, they can halt an abduction experience that is going on and they can stop them from ever happening again. Um, and that I think that needs to be clearly stated because in the UFO kind of cult community out there, um, the, the average UFO believer does not know that the name of Jesus and accessing his authority is the only way that people can see these abduction phenomenon end in their lives. Anyway. And, and again, a uh, final word on this is that many of these folks uh, who are reporting this, these occurrences in their lives that it began at a very, very early age and continued uh, into, into their, their adult lives even. On the screen right now, we have the question, are UFOs, uh, UAPs part of the end times deception? And I think we have to take that very, very seriously, especially if there's going to be further uh, revelation that uh, the government's are in possession of craft, alien bodies, and even diplomatic relations, um, as some are reporting, uh, credible people, not crazy town people. First uh, Thessalonians 2, Paul warns about a wicked deception that's going to happen at the, at the advent of the Antichrist, that even God sends them a strong delusion to actually believe um, what is being portrayed. Jesus warned of great signs and wonders, uh, performed by false prophets and false Christ. Revelation 19 um, says that there will be um, judgment upon the Antichrist and false prophet who did incredible signs and wonders in the, the image of the beast, and both the Antichrist and false prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire. So, Obviously, one of the signs of the ends of the times will be a great end times deception and also an apostasy, which in the Greek literally means a falling away of the faithful church of Christ. And we are seeing that the UFO phenomenon with its, its new age nuances and, and uh, counter narrative to the biblical narrative is antichrist. Absolutely. And we're seeing a great falling away in the life of the faithful church that we believe will continue as the times, uh, the end times draw upon us. But we also want to say that both Father and Dave and I believe that at the end of the age, there will be a worldwide harvest. There will be more power and authority that the church has ever seen. So all is not doom and gloom. Um, get ready, get ready for the anointing power of God to, to fill the church, to even fill you up. And uh, know, know that the Apostle Paul himself said in Romans that where wickedness increased, grace increased all the more. Now, um, the last thing we want to do today is 
just give those of you who have had whatever trauma in your life, but especially trauma of these abduction experiences, we want to give you uh, a roadmap of how to be delivered from this, protected from this, and we want to maybe suggest a, a couple places where you could go to have some camaraderie to know that you're not alone. But before we do that, Father Dave, do you have any just summary for us about this whole topic and and uh, especially in ways of admonition and encouragement, what's next for the church in light of the stuff going on? Well, I think I think this issue of I think there will be a, a, a growing unity in a in an understanding that the days of Noah are it's going to be characterized by all the things that you just described, but I think perversion, we already can look at perversion, it's gone to a level. Um, we think of things like pedophilia, we think of the abortion phenomenon um, that has exploded, you know, in the modern era. And and so I think that we are living in, you know, it is a, it is truly um all of these things. And then we have the false signs and wonders. Well, who's going to be performing these false signs and wonders? And, you know, where where does this power, where is all this power coming from, right? So I, I think that we really do have, um, I think we do have a biblical um, worldview that explains all of where we're going. Um, but I think that, that that this gift of the discerning of spirits, which the Apostle Paul talks about, will be critical in this hour. We need to know what is the spirit that is behind or what spirits are behind whatever we're seeing. And I think right now a lot of the church is confused about what is, uh, what are the spirits. I mean, there's even lots of anti-charismatics that are attributing things that Christians are doing, oh, that's all demonic too. So there is a lot of confusion right now. And I think that you mix in all of this stuff into the mix, and you have a recipe for far greater deception, confusion, disunity, and like you said, the apostasy. Um, I'll tell you right now, that this, this to me, this phenomenon and the worldview that is connected to it is causing countless millions of historic Christians to walk away, walk into some type of new age mysticism. And, and I know people personally that have walked away from the faith right into this worldview. This is not like, you know, we're not speculating here. And I'm sure Bishop John, you know, many as well who have walked away from the Lord because they've been influenced by these false narratives, these sub-biblical or demonic worldviews, whatever they are, be it the neo-Darwin evolution view, be it transhumanism, be it artificial intelligence, be it whatever. Um, it's all mixed together. And I think that we do have the stage set for the, the scriptures um, that you just referenced about this end-time deception, this end-time delusion. And yet the church will be powerful, it will be anointed. We will be the ones that can help people heal from these traumatic experiences that they've had or are having currently. Um, I, I believe this will be the, the church's finest hour because an anointed church with understanding and revelation will be able to minister into this place of such deception and such darkness. So um, for those of you, yeah. for those of you who are already believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, I just urge you, I urge you, stay close to the faithful church. Stay away from, from the, the progressive church especially. Don't get sucked into that. It is part of the apostasy that we're seeing increasing in this age. For those of you who are listening to this podcast and you just saw these two kind of oh there's some crazy priests talking about ufos and you you're intrigued or even you've been abducted i i want to encourage you to receive jesus as your lord and savior father dave is right it's the only way that you can be safe in this life and when i mean safe i don't mean uh uh, with free from all harm, but I mean safe, eternally safe in this life and in the life to come. 
I encourage you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to help you do that here in a minute. I want to encourage you to be baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ, to receive Christian baptism, and enter fully into the life of the faithful church. For those of you who have had abduction experiences, I want to encourage you to seek out some really great Christian healing prayer rooms. They're, they're around, they're in different areas, the Christian healing prayer room movement. There are Christian healing centers. I run one here in the Portland, Oregon area. I, I have some really great brothers and sisters who do a similar ministry in northern North San Diego County, California. There's a in Florida, there's a wonderful, the Jacksonville Christian Healing Center with the with Francis and Judith McNutt. There are many, many others who are just super faithful, wonderful Christians that will love you, who will believe you, who will minister to you. Um, we've referred to Michael Heiser. There's a Facebook page for people who have had these kinds of traumas, and they are kind of associated with what Michael Heiser was doing. It's a Facebook group called the peer, like friends or peers, peer-a-normal, instead of paranormal, peer-a-normal Facebook group. That's the peer-a-normal Facebook group. Now, I want to just pray with those of you who are ready right now to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to pray with you, and then we're going to have Father Dave have the last word and bless us all. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not sure about it right now, just pray with me, and you're welcome to pray the exact same words, so you're welcome to kind of put what I say into your own words, but this is a way to begin your saving, your eternal relationship with the God of creation, the God who is above all Elohim, Elohim all created beings. So pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I want to thank you right now that you've given us sacred scripture, that you've given us the church to explain it so that I could see the problem of humanity, the problem of angels that have fallen, is that this universe, this cosmos has been contaminated by sin, by rebellion against God. And I freely admit that I've rebelled against you, Lord. I've sinned in both what I've done and what I've left undone in my words, in my actions, and my lack of actions. Lord, I cast myself before you and receive your mercy. I ask for the forgiveness of sins. I confess Jesus Christ is the one true God of history, the risen Lord, and I receive Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. And I ask that right now you would fill me with your Holy Spirit so that the Spirit of God can be my counselor, my teacher, my guide. I ask this in the name of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And again, I want to encourage you, seek out a faithful church. Reach out to myself or Father Dave. Father Dave will tell you how to get in contact with him. But again, contact me, uh, Father John Ahmed at hopeontheway.info, hopeontheway.info. And I'll help you find a faithful church or a Christian healing center. And uh, Father Dave, just by way, a brief summary and then a blessing, please. Yeah, well, I would just say, you know, to summarize, I would just say there are two resources. I know you mentioned the Paranormal Facebook group, but I would recommend the work of Gary Bates. His um, He's at creation.com is his website. And the other guy is Joe Jordan, and his website's called piercingthecosmicveil.com. And both of these websites are full of resources. And again, they would also be able to help people get help um, and get prayer for, and, and they would say, listen, we know that these abduction experiences are real and we can help you as a follower of Jesus, see them end and to heal from them. So anyway, I, I'll just leave it at that. And um, yeah, I just, um, I just would bless, um, bless everybody that would hear this um, bless you with ears to hear and eyes to see and a mind to understand what the what the Lord is saying to his church in this hour, to be trained, to be equipped, to be discerning, to be aware. Um, so much of the time throughout history, the church has been slow to discern and understand what was happening and slow to give an answer. 
Um, I think that we need to be in front of this, that we need to be, you know, and, and sadly, having been at that UFO conference, um, I did not see any Christians that were at the table that were presenting that had their book tables there. There was no witness. I was there to be a witness, but there was no witness telling people, listen, we have an explanation for this phenomenon, and we also have solutions. Anyway, so I'll just leave it with that. All right. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.